I can say this tonight and that no one will be offended by it. You know, we're not looking for modernism. We're not looking for things that would keep us from what we really need to reach deeply within the kingdom for. You see, what I see tonight in this building is the Spirit of God taking control and people of this assembly allowing God to carry them where they need to be that God can do what He needs to do. There's not only a hunger in the church, there's a hunger by God to take us to places we've never been before in the Spirit, to show us things that we have not seen yet. I believe it's so important tonight what you're doing within this church. And I told your pastor before we walked out of the office, I really believe that God has his hand on this assembly. But Brother Hughes, I believe God has his hand on you. I believe that God's securing him to lead people to the deep places of the Almighty God. And let me tell you why I said that. Because he has not only the ability to do it, but he has the spirit to do it. And because of that, I think God's ready to carry the church to a deeper dimension than it's ever been before. If God can place His Spirit on a mountain and everybody around it can feel it, uh, can you feel what God would do if He set His Shekinah glory in this church uh, and when they walked in, they couldn't stand it anymore. They prayed through immediately in the Holy Ghost. Miracles without even being touched. Miracles start being performed. uh, And my friend, things start happening as they never happened before. That's what the Spirit's all about. That's what God's calling the church into. That's where He wants us to get tonight. There are trusted places that God has placed in our hearts. And this morning I was able to carry you to the thoughts. Yet I believe there's even deep things tonight that God's unsettling to move within this assembly. I want you to bow your head, please. I don't ask God anymore for messages. I ask God to let me sit within His presence. (laughs) I asked Him to let me be one with Him when I come to minister. In any church that I attend. Come on, church, lift your hands. Because it's not by might nor power. It is by the Spirit of God always. And sometimes we allow ourselves to move other things in when we ought to let the Spirit of God move in to our assembly and do the work. Let me tell you, God can do more than we ever have. I asked God recently... I said, Lord, I'm trying to not be envious of John, but I long to lay my head over on you. I long to hear the deep throbs of what your will is and your purpose is and what you dream and desire for us to really be. 
So every day I, I, I lean toward that. I remember the story of a lady that was in the hospital. She was an elder. And she was so well up in age and her body was beginning to break down. And every night she would request of them to come to her room and move a certain chair over by her bed. She said, I need you to move that because every night something magnificent takes place in this room. And the elders sat there and, and what she would find in the morning times when they would come in to check on her, the chair would be there. And in some way she had gotten the bed down enough that she could put her head over on that chair and just lay her head in the chair for a while. The nurses became disturbed and perplexed by what was going on. And so they called the children because that's all she had left. And when they got there, they began to tear their mother apart. That she needs to stop this. This is not right. And she looked at her children dead in the eyes and she told them this. She said, I will not stop it. Because every night Jesus walks into my room and sits down in that chair. And he allows me to lay my head in his lap every night. A few weeks later she passed away. And they said when they walked in the room at her passing, her head was still on that chair. I believe it was in the lap of the Lord Jesus Christ. Until the church desires to get into the lap of God, we'll never receive the fullness of what God has dreamed and desired for the church. Can I tell you tonight, you're it. There's not another one tonight that God's looking to do His will through. He chose you. That's why he filled you and blessed you and brought you to this place. Can I preach for just a few moments? So you're in the verge of another dimension of where Christ is taking Greater Life Church. In prayer throughout this week, I felt like that's where we were within greater life. And I say we out of respect to your pastor and us preaching here. I feel like God has entered and sanctioned a a deeper place in his spirit for what greater life is. And I'm going to say it through the prayers that I prayed throughout this week. I believe God's going to take those things that he sanctions. And from this body, there's going to be great things that are carried Uh, throughout, not only in this city, but throughout the world. And I think that's so very important tonight. Let me say, just get all the things out of the way that's normal. First of all, I want to be right when I come to a pulpit and say how much we enjoyed being with you this morning. What a blessing it is to be able to be with you. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know how I will act in the Spirit. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm probably going to get things done like you ain't never seen before, so just forgive me. But if God tells me to do something, I'm not going to sit here and wait on God. I'm going to get busy. I do appreciate your pastor and his wife, some of the best friends we've had. We stood together through hard times. When they were going through things, we tried to help. And uh, now they are helping us by allowing us to come and just be able to minister and say a few words within this assembly. We have many, many friends sitting on these pews. And many, many people that I respect totally tonight in this place. 
And I want you to know my deep appreciation for your life in God. I'm not here to destroy that. I'm here to, again, elevate and to lift you and to preach what I felt the Spirit gave me. Why don't we stand together and just for a moment, and it's, it's not late, but I'm going to take a few moments and it might be the quickest sermon you ever heard in your life or it might be the longest one you ever heard in your life. My Bible tells me, be not weary in well-doing. <laughs> the scripture says these words in Psalms chapter number 20, verse 6 and through 7. And I want to lay a format of what's going on here. I want you to see that Israel has moved into a time of war itself. And they don't know what the outcome may be. So immediately you'll find that David calls for a place of prayer. And what happens is they gather in the sanctuary. And here's what the scripture says. Now know that I the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven. And with the saving strength of his right hand. Psalms 20 and 7 says some trust in chariots. Some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And then to Acts chapter 27, if you'll turn there, in verse 22 through verse 25, what an amazing, marvelous move of God's presence. Acts says it like this, And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life. He goes on to say that, For there stood by me this night an angel. But I want you to look at the next words of what he says. Whose I am and whom I serve, an angel of God. He stood behind, beside me. He was there with me, and he's the one I serve, whose I am, and whom I serve. Acts went on to say in the 21st verse, he goes on to say, fear not. Thou must be brought before Caesar, the angel said. And I'm just skipping over words to get it quickly done. God hath given thee all them. And then in Acts 27 and 25, the Bible said, Sirs, be of good cheer, for I do what? Believe God. That it shall be even as he told me. Dear Lord, I thank you for your presence in this building. Again, God, bring forth your final anointing as we move into your spirit. And God, I will not speak long because I feel that you've already made minds and moved people and moved mountains. And God, we just want to finalize your purpose and desire for their life in ministering tonight in this building. Would you lift your hands now together with me and ask God to speak personally to you tonight concerning his will for your life. My, my, my. Come on, ask him. I want you to accept every, any ministry he calls you to. I want you to accept your ministering within this church. Come on, lift your hands in the Holy Ghost. I want you to accept what God's trying to change you to so that you can assist and help your pastor, his wife, this assembly. Come on, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel God speaking to this assembly. I feel God telling you, get some loads off people. Let them do what they've got to do and let me do what I need to do through you. He's always chosen you to do it through. Now let me take you quickly into the Word for just a few moments and just highlight some things that are found here. And it will probably be more preaching and combination of things tonight as you're being seated. 
The first portion of our text brings us a powerful message. The psalmist who is the king expressed the assurance he had received. Because he trusted in the Lord, he knew he would have an overwhelming victory. On the base of his faith, he was convinced that the Lord would answer and that the Lord would save him. Convinced. This is seen in the term, his anointed. In other words, what the writer is saying here in this verse, when you are anointed by the Lord, there is already that blessing of salvation upon your life. Any time that God anoints you, you're not going to fail. Any time that you're brought into the presence of the Lord and the Lord covers your life, the enemy has to flee. He has to leave because he has no purpose or no power in your life. When you are anointed by the Lord, look out, devil, look out. Come on, you need an anointing of the Lord. He won't stay around with an anointing. He won't even try to deal with you when you're anointed of the Lord. And that's what the writer is saying here in this scripture. He's so anointed. uh, Hey, I'm going to tell you, there's going to be an overwhelming victory. Every time we're anointed, our victory is an overwhelming victory in our life. My, 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 my. Anointing speaks of assurance. Blessing, stability, conquering, and also the fact, God's presence. You never want someone to be your minister who does not live under the anointing. Because that's what sets us apart. Hello. The only thing that sets us apart in this building tonight is not the term Pentecostal. It's not the terms that we find so often associated uh, with those things in the world. But it's the fact that we are anointed by God. Uh, When God fills you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, you become anointed. The Hebrew verb used to describe saveth is a very unique word in the original writings. Save, and often when you see it, it comes to the very transforming power of God. You'll find that what it means is speaking of promises, what God has made through the working of His divine Spirit. And any time in the Old Testament, you saw the past tense of the word. You'll hear often that's how they speak. And the reason that David was expressing the fact that he felt saved and he felt victory in his life. Because in the Old Testament, they didn't speak like it needed to happen. They spoke as if it had already happened. Now that's a problem in our life. Too many times in the church, we're speaking terms of, oh, let it happen. My, that ought to have been taking place in prayer. You should have asked God in prayer to let it happen. But when you get to the church and you're ready to have something go on in the kingdom, or you're praying for a miracle, you don't need to talk about happening. You need to talk about it's already been accomplished and it's already been done by God. Come on, clap your hands. God's already done it. He's not doing it. He's already done it. Say it. He's not doing it. He's already done it. Uh Uh-oh. 
Now I'm going to step off in some things. The Bible said he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon his shoulders. And by his stripes, we are what? Healed. Past tense. Already given. Already passed. No longer searching for it. It's already been done. We walk with a burden in our life uh, and walk around with all kind of things in our life uh, because we live uh, contrary to what the Word uh, of God says. I don't need to leave my life uh, and live it like that and say that's nothing to that. I'm going to tell you when God tells me He'll heal me, He heals me. Oh my. Let me carry you a little bit further. So the Hebrew here is speaking of the past tense of God's working. What David sees here, the psalmist has a strong confidence about the thing. And so when he speaks of it here, he speaks of it in the past tense. It's already coming to pass or already happening. There's a place, a secured place in God that you are to seek him in. The Spirit addresses us in the past tense when it comes to the things God's promised for our life. This was the place of the woman whose daughter was troubled by an evil spirit. When Jesus told her it was finished, she didn't battle it anymore. She knew the crumb that fell from the table was enough to secure her. And when God told her it was done, that crumb was powerful enough. Can I tell you, we've got to get to where the crumbs are powerful enough in our life that whatever falls from the table, if somebody else is getting a blessing, you need to get down on your knees for the seconds and say whatever fell from the table, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to go out with my miracle of the Lord. Now I need to go to the meat before I get too late in time. The fact of it is, we often don't realize that when David is speaking of trust here in the Word of God, the the term trust, that verb, can actually mean keep in memory or ponder. Actually, allow yourself, trust, to go back in your mind in the places of God's blessing in the places of his word and begin to allow your memory to ponder upon them. My Bible says whatsoever good. Think on these things. The power of what we need from God is finalized in our thinking. Oh, did you hear me? That's why you're invaded constantly by news. That's why you're invaded by the TV screens. That's why you're invaded by the radio. Because they want you to understand if they can keep your attention, if they can keep you going in that area, you don't have time to ponder on the things of the Lord. But when you think on what saith the Lord, and when you allow what God has done for your life to be thought out, you begin breaking barriers and breaking chains and breaking things loose and suddenly your mind becomes the place of acceptance and God does what he has chosen to do through you. 
supposed to do it. But you've got to get it first in your mind. God's trying to speak in every facet that he can. Through his eternal word. Through his ministry. David looks here. And the first thing that he says after going to this place in the tabernacle and the people gathering with him, he says, I want to talk about what the Lord has done. And immediately he turns to the one that is the object of his faith. And the object of David's faith was the name of the Lord. Did you know how much the devil hates that name? You want to know how much the world hates that name? You want to know what they come against? They come against the name of Jesus Christ. But when I speak his name, when I get into his name, and I start thinking on his name, suddenly my mind is bringing in thoughts of everything God is that's located in the name of Jesus Christ. And when I begin to indulge myself in the name, suddenly there's things begin to take place in the spirit world that can't take place without them because God has my thinking. Now he can control my faith. He cannot control your faith uh, until he gets your thinking. Uh, but once he gets your thinking, uh, he has access uh, to your faith. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't going to preach this, but this is where I'm at. I didn't want y'all to think I was crazy. I'm not going to say it. I said plenty this morning. Every one of us will have facets of storms and places that we will walk through. That storms will be a natural positioning, especially in the end time. I'm going to tell you like this, not to frighten you. There'll be more storms, more than we've ever seen. But the thing of it is, your position for success by keeping your mind involved in Jesus Christ. Uh-oh, I said it. Don't let your mind become involved in all that out there. Come on, are you with me? Come on, get your hands up to him right now. Oh, no, you're not taking my mind news. Oh, no, you're not taking my mind what you just said. You're not getting my mind. Oh, I'm in the Holy Ghost. So storms will always be there. The result of easy changing atmospheric pressure. Storms have a measure of effect on everyone. Even those who are not in the center of its path. You still are affected by what it brings in your life. Three storms types. Personal storms. Physical storms. And spiritual storms. Everywhere we go, these are the things that will come continually against our life. The physical things we're going through will not stop, but God is still God. The personal things we go through will not stop, but God is still God. And the spiritual things we go through, God's already set the advantage to you, and it's already in through your mind. Let me say it like this. The real problem with what we go through is not what we're going through. It's how we respond when we get in it. (laughs) 
thank you for letting me just preach tonight and not have to run all over this building. I could right now anyway. And then some of you would pick me up when I got through. But God wanted me to speak tonight and not go into a lot of areas, but just speak. So it's important that you understand. All these things are nothing. We allow them to become something. It's how we respond to them that tells us what we've given them contact and presence to. Oh, my Lord. But when I refuse to let the storm present itself present within me and take control of my life, I want you to hear something that's so very important tonight and so very needful for every single one of us to fully understand tonight and grab hold of. You'll find that either you will captivate the storm or the storm will captivate you. When I choose to take control of it and not allow it to get my mind and my spirit and my home and my church... You don't have to worry. God will fill them with the Holy Ghost when they walk in and sit down on a pew. You don't have to worry if they'll be healed. I'm going to tell you God's going to heal them. But it all comes of how we allow our minds to be locked into Him. My, 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 my. We're battling in the mind. The Spirit's battling in the mind. The word Eurycliden, which was the storm that Paul found himself facing 14 days in the violence of it. And the Bible tells us that storm, your Clyden, has meaning behind it. Because when you research the words, it means a power that's so stirring, a power that's so deep that it's unfathomable in its ability. And it means that the demolishing is so effective of the waves. It's a Eurocliden. It's what comes forth and suddenly the mixtures of, of certain pressures come and it just erupts into the most violent. The higher the pressures and the lower the pressures, the more violent the storm becomes. That's how it's going to be in our life. But it's how we control that that makes a difference within it. Okay, here I'm fishing to go. In his book, Whisper, Mark Batterson writes about something that Gordon McEnany had in his book called Orbiting the Giant Hairball. I know that don't sound pretty. Published by New York Viking. Here's what it says. It's concerning. The book is written concerning how to break the normalcy of corporate life, being, and movements and leaders, how to break the bonds and bondage they've fallen into. He made a statement and it caused me to shudder in my spirit when I heard it. And here's what he said. From the cradle to the grave, the pressure is always on us to be normal. Everything is pushing us. You gotta be like this or you don't fit in. You gotta, you gotta act like this or you don't fit in. Hello? If you're not like that, you can't be a good, a good person. We, we can't have you. Let me tell you something. He went on to write, he said, there's a fool in each of us. <laughs> you act like you've never made a foolish decision in your entire life looking at me like that. There's a little bit of a fool in each of us, you know. A rash, brash, harebrained, audacious, imprudent, ill-suited, spontaneous fool. 
which in most of us was long ago hogtied in the basement and can't move. He's stuck where he is at. But let me tell you something about God himself. Sometimes God wants us to get and look a little foolish uh, to where we step out on things uh, that don't stand right uh, or sound good. Abraham stepped out and didn't even know where he was going. And most of them would have said, are you a fool? You got a home? You got a place? You got everything you need here? Oh, no, I don't. It may sound foolish to you, but when I get out there and start moving, God's going to do things that I can't bring into my life. Moses speaks to a rock expecting water. How foolish, Moses, can you be? Speaking to the rock. Speak to the creek. Don't speak to a rock. Speak to something where water came out of one time. Tell the creek, oh, spring up. No, God wants me to speak to a rock. And there's Moses looking as foolish as foolish can look. And he's standing in front of a rock. And here's what he's saying. Bring water, rock. And some of you are worried about how you worship. Some of you are worried about what God wants to do with you. I'm telling you, we've got to break the mold of normalcy. I can't help but think about it every time I think about Sarah, 90 years old, in, in the maternity ward shopping. God knows I don't want it. And a maternity ward shopping. Are you crazy? No, I'm not crazy. Uh, What's wrong with you, woman? You're 90 years old. You're so far gone, you can't get it done. You're past the prime. You're past the ability. Oh, no. You think what you want. And you can call me the biggest fool that ever lived on the face of this earth. But God told me I was going to have a child. And when he told me, I went ahead and named it. It's going to be called laughter. You see, some of us, uh, when God gets a hold of us, uh, we don't name what God has promised in our life. I'm just preaching. I may not be back after tonight, but I'm preaching right now. My wife tells me, when you get up there, you preach like there ain't no tomorrow. You, you do it with fire. I want to talk about some things that are important, and here they are. The first place that's important in our lives is God's presence. I want you just to bow your head as you hear that. The presence of God. For here's what Paul said, for there stood by me. This night, the angel of God. (laughs) Even in the midst of a raging storm, Paul was not alone. The Lord came ministering peace in his heart. And he does not, he does not in anywhere move from that thought knowing it's real what God has given. Hebrews 13 and 5 speaks about how God doesn't leave us. Matthew makes a statement, I'm with us always. I'm with you there. You'll never be by yourself. But sometimes we don't understand just how close God is to us. 
Now I want you to look at verse 23 again, and they may be able to put it on the board, if they would, please. For there stood, and look the term, there stood by. That's the word I want to single out. Because it's one of the most important words when God began to talk to me about these scriptures that I ever saw in my entire life. The Greek word by used here was a term of legal, legal circles. They knew the term. The writers of the Greek understood it to be a technical term of law. And what it means is God's not asking to come. He's telling them, you will come. You will be there. And this night... An angel stood by me, and what Paul was seeing in that legal term was he didn't just get there by happenstance. God told him, and he had to be there because there's something God wanted to do. Something God planned. So the presence of the Lord, what I've come to tell this church is this, is right here by you right now. Hmm. Technically termed, God has sent those in this building. I'm telling you. I want you to bow your head again. I feel the Holy Ghost. I don't know why I'm preaching like this. I don't do this normally. But I feel the Holy Ghost. And God's telling you, I've chosen this church and I now stand by you. That's it. Come on, church, God's speaking. Be sensitive to the Spirit. Let's stand and lift our hands to Him right now. I want you to ask God to speak. Go ahead and speak, Lord. Go ahead and say. I want you to put your hand after you ask Him on someone near to you. And I want you to say it. God, you're standing right there by them right now. You're standing by them. Technically, you've made an order tonight within this assembly. This assembly will never go back to the things it's ever been in the past. But tonight, it's going to walk in different places in the Spirit, different places in God. Come on, I need you to pray for one another. I need you to see God standing by them. I need you to see what God's going to do. God's going to save you and save your family right now. Come on, lift your hands. Lift your hearts as you're praying for one another. And God right there by you with purpose. That's it, pray. Pray at the moving of the Lord. Pray at the presence. That's God's presence saying, here I am, I'm by it. You're not going to lose me right now. Everywhere you go, I'm going to be right there by you. Everyone you testify to, I'm going to be by you. Every time you pray, I'm going to be right there by you. We're going to do it together. You're not going to be by yourself. Everywhere you go, I'm going to be right there with you. We're going to work it together. We're going to move it together. Woo! Come on, pray church. Pray. I know we're in the Holy Ghost. God's presence right now. My. It doesn't hurt to be a little foolish in your prayer. It doesn't hurt to allow faith to do something. Uh, go ahead and go shopping right now. Go ahead and let yourself do what God wants you to do in the Holy Ghost. Oh my, 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 my. If you will obey it now, there's things going to happen right now in the Spirit. Come on. Come on in the Holy Ghost. 
Let God use you to feel somebody right now. Let God use you to heal somebody right now. Right now, God stand. I see him standing. I see, oh, yellow. I'm not a yellow kind of. Come on. You wanted the Holy Spirit? You wanted the Holy Ghost? It's here right now. Lift your hands and say, God, forgive me. And God will forgive you right now because he's standing by you right now. Uh, come on, be sensitive to the Spirit. Don't, let's don't move too soon. Some of you need to be out doing something right now in the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there's something God's calling you to do. Now, let me tell you why God has put you tonight within His presence. Because when you look into the verse of what Paul writes here in the 23rd through the 25th, he makes a statement of who I am and whom I serve. What he is speaking about is relationship promises. Things that because you have a relationship with God, you have a promise to every one of them. My God. Pray right now in the Holy Ghost. Lift your hands in the Holy Ghost. I want you to let your relationship promises come into this building and to be used of God. If you want to see somebody filled with the Holy Ghost, lay hands on them right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, my. Oh, my. Come on, church. The Lord's answering promises right now that He's made in lives. Promises. church I need you to pray God wants to fill her with the Holy Ghost come on come on there you go you're going to it now Come on, church. She's speaking it right now. Come on. Come on.
Come on. That's it. That's what it's all about. That's what God came to do. He came to fill them. He came to be by them. He came to take care of them. You have it. He's beside you. You can pray for them and they will be healed. You can do it. You can witness to them and God will fill this church up more than it's ever been in its entire history. Come on, lift your hands. God's filling with the Holy Ghost. Speak it in the name of Jesus. Whatever you want now, I want you to speak it in the name of Jesus. Uh, come on, don't hold back. Whatever you've been looking for, you need to speak it in the name of Jesus. trying to break it in the spirit. Come on, the Lord's breaking right now, people, with the purpose of healing and delivering their body. Would you stand with me and go to someone and pray with them right now? There's four things in the scripture that God gave in the terminology here as he spoke to Paul. Number one was his presence. Number two was relationship promises. Number three was his plan. And number four, the final thing God gave him was power. God gave him that. God established those four things to Paul. Presence, relationship promise, plan, and power.
I want you to lift your hands and say it with me. I've got God's presence. I've got relationship promises. I've got a plan in my life by Him. Now lift both hands. I've got power. And you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That's, that's all God had me to give you. Presence. Promise. Plan. And power. Presence. Promise. Plan. And power. This is what he has for this church. Presence. Promise. Plan. And power. I'm going to say it again. Presence. My, 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 my. Promise. Ha, ha. My plan. God has a plan. And the final thing, God's instilled the power in it. Woo! If you need something from God, I'm going to close it with this. Would you come? Musicians, if you'd come. Singers that are going to sing if you want to come. But I want you to come. Get ready right now. And let's allow the church to do what it needs to do. Presence. Promise. Plan. Power. The Bible said you will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Let's come to the front. Come on. If you're needing something from God. Let me say it again. Presence. Promise. Plan. Plan.